And we're up, guys. This is going to be our first podcast together. We are the Exegence Podcast, answering biblical questions biblically with Zach, Cody, and Hoy. And we was going to actually talk about uh, the word uh, Hepzibah a little bit today. I know you guys probably like me. When you go out and people ask you actually where do you go to church and you say the word, what kind of yeah. uh, what kind of uh, <laughs> what kind of feedback do you usually get from that? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> huh? Huh? That's a good one. Uh, another one is maybe can you, can you pronounce that or yeah. is that how, how you spell that? What does that mean? Uh, yeah, it actually actually happened to us this week. We was dropping the kids off uh, at uh, a youth day Some, camp, yeah, day a, camp, a day camp that we had actually sent for for the week. And uh, the pastor came up to me and he says, uh, "Where do you go to church?" And I was like, uh, "Where at Hepsiba has Presbyterian church?" And he's like, "Where's that at?" Yeah. And I was like, uh, "It was actually." Uh, a lady in the Bible, and he was like, well, whose wife was it? And we're going to explain all that, but he was like... Uh, well, he was like, where is it at in the Bible? Where is it at in the Bible? And I told him, I said, it's Old Whoa. Testament, and kind of told him what the word meant, and uh, we kind of went on from there. And uh, But that was a pastor, so that kind of gives you a little bit of, of an inkling of how uh, little this word's known, um, what it actually means. We're going to get into that a little bit today. We're actually going to be in Isaiah 62 when we actually uh, go over that. So uh, you guys uh, got any anything you want to uh, add to that? Uh, to to the meaning of Hepzibah? Or, in, in, uh, anything we just I, opened up with. I, so the story with me is I was misspelling it for a long time. Didn't realize there was an H in there. So I think this is a word that uh, a lot of people don't know. I never even heard of it before we uh, started coming to the church. And so I had to do research then. So this is interesting. That is interesting. Because yeah. uh, Kevin, uh, he's actually uh, monitoring us right now, watching over us. And for so many years, people thought it was Hepzibah, right? Uh, with that Hepzibah, with a P, but not with a PH. So... Uh, we talked about maybe even getting shirts that said Hepsiba uh, and how to pronounce it in, in the meaning of that. So you got the, the PH where it's uh, well, Hepsiba. I was today years old, like just now, realizing we don't say the P. We don't say the P. Okay. Uh, Hepsiba. It's so Hepsiba. I've, so I've driven past this this road. The road's <laughs> named after the church. I've driven past the road all my life. So I knew how to spell it. I knew how to pronounce it. Uh, but I never had any idea about what the meaning is. It, it was actually a Bible word. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty cool how I would get into that. So um, you guys uh, read over a few things, so uh, you guys look at it. So who was Hepzibah uh, in the Bible is a good question. We could actually uh, lead up with that. You know, who was Hepzibah in the Bible actually? Uh, I mean, we're actually going to be in uh, Isaiah 62, and we're going to be going over that. We're going to be seeing some of that today. So we'll go to uh, Isaiah 62. Uh, we're going to start at the very beginning. Uh, if you guys want to maybe, like, enter interchange on reading some of the scripture we're going to go through we're going to break them down i'm asking you guys opinions on some of this scripture that we actually uh look at today so um we're going to isaiah 62 let me get there in my new king james those guys are going to be reading from the uh i'm going to be reading from a lot of different versions okay good, good, I, 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 I want like to kind compare. of go over some of that difference yeah uh so let's get to isaiah i'm in the esv cody's in esv i wanted to use that one i also wanted to use the, the New King James. i got to get to Isaiah. I've got the uh, New American Standard 2020. I'm going to go from the uh, New King James uh, English Standard Version. Uh, I'm even going to go and cross-reference with this, the Common English Bible, the uh, the one, you know, just to see the, the way that one's written. So on uh, when we get to Isaiah 62, we're going to be looking at verse 4 specifically, but I'm going to read all the way through it. And uh, got some of, uh, of the information we'll be using today from gotquestions.org. It's a really good website. If you guys out there want to go to that, 
the the name actually means my delight is in her and the cool thing about it is it's got a root meaning uh, that means guarding or taking care of or protecting we all have wives right we want to guard our wives and we want to protect them uh, so that's what the word actually means. And this is going to be God. So if we set up our context a little bit, it's going to be um, Israel has fallen away like they always did. Uh, and they started worshiping other gods in the midst of all this. We got Baal, which you guys have heard of Baal pop up a lot. We also have another one called Ashtaroth that actually pops up. Uh, it was a goddess uh, god uh, that they would actually worship. But they would take that and they, they, the, they were a lot like we are in today's time. We like to take today's things and we like to mingle it with God and God doesn't like it. So we're going to see that. So that's our basic our background. But this is title of it is Zion's Glory and a New Name. So God is actually going to Israel. Uh, if you guys remember back in Genesis chapter 15, we always talk about the Abrahamic covenant. I know our pastor, he loves talking about the Abrahamic covenant. Uh, is God promising that he's going to redeem Israel. So we know God's not a liar, right? So we know he's got to perform what he's told uh, Abraham he's going to do for his people and the Israelites uh, are worshiping everything other than God, and God's still going to keep His promise in the midst of their sin that He's going to marry them uh, and 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 protect them, just like the Word actually tells us. So let's get in Isaiah sixty-two today. Uh, or if you'll start off, if you read one, for Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet until her righteousness goes forth like brightness, and her salvation like a torch that is burning. So I was looking over the word Zion a little bit. Uh, and it kind of morphs around in the Old Testament a good bit from what I've actually found out this week. Uh, and Zion is actually synonymous with the, with the city of God, you know, uh, which, is, which would be in those times would have been Jerusalem. That's where we know David's from, uh, the city of God. But in a lot of passages, especially in Isaiah, Isaiah is actually one that's actually writing this, it references God's people. So if we actually read 62 again, it says for 62, it says, for Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. So he's basically telling them for Israel's sake, right? The people, uh, his people, I will not be silent. That's good for them because they're doing some stuff they're not supposed to be doing. And God is going to still pull them in, marry them and keep them protected from some of the outside things that they were actually dealing with. He's also wanting glory. We know God does everything for his glory, whether he created the creation the way he created it. All of it was for his glory, but it's also uh, for his people. Uh, it's a very important promise and a very important, not just a promise, but an act of God in assuring the salvation of his people. If we look at what you just finished reading there, where it said, and for Jerusalem's sake, I will not keep quiet until her righteousness goes forth like brightness, uh, and her salvation like a, a torch. Now, I want you to ask you a question. You guys have been in classes enough. We've talked about this this uh, a lot. And this is going to be one of the things we hit later on in some of our lessons where we talk about substitute atonement and righteousness and all these things. Uh, it says, until her righteousness. Now, we know God is the is the husband in this relationship with Israel and also the husband in the relationship with us as Christians, correct? Mm -hmm. So who is the her in that relationship? The wife. It, it, was, it was the wife, the people. Uh, in those days, it would actually have been Israel. And in our days, it was actually, it is us because we are considered the bride of who? Yes. Yeah. The, bride the bride of Christ. Christ. So yeah. I want to kind of tie all that together because this is not for just them, but this is actually uh, something we can look at for ourselves and take comfort in, in that it says, until her righteousness, right? So where do they, where do they get their righteousness from? God on them. So it ain't their righteousness is going to shine forth. This is them being married to the Lord and then them being connected to God. Does that make sense? And then 
the righteousness that God has given them because they're married to him is going to shine forth. And uh, I thought about lighthouses. You, why do they put lighthouses in places? So ships don't run into the rock. <laughs> That's right. exactly yeah. right. So yeah. whose righteousness is going to shine forth? It's going to be Israel's righteousness, but it's God-given. So you got this light that's shining forth that they can actually see that God has saved them. We see that all through the Old Testament. When they show up, a lot of places are said, Oh, no, here comes the people of Israel. God's with them. They're carrying the ark. They're doing all these things. God is going to bring them through this. So when he comes and he makes this declaration, I'm doing this, their righteousness that's given from God is going to shine forth, and that's going to change everything for them. Does that make sense? So when we get to four and we start to see how their land was desolate and how it's not going to be desolate, it's going to change everything up. So uh, any other thing you all want to add to verse 1? What I'm doing is comparing the different uh, versions of the Bible, yeah. the translations. Uh, the, the burning at the end, the burning like a torch, the, mm-hmm. those different words are used um, in NSV is a torch that is burning. English Standard Version, her, her salvation as a burning torch. It's, it, it says more specifically about her salvation. Is um, New King James uh, references as a, light, a lamp that burns. Uh, the uh, CSB says it's, uh, it's, it's like a flame. Her, uh, until her righteousness shines like a bright light in her her salvation like a flaming torch. So you bring up salvation and all this, and where we get our righteousness from, I put a little side note on here, that salvation should not only change them to be a bright light, what should it do to us? Change us. That's right. So when we're out there, we should be a light in a a dark world. The Bible talks about being salt. Uh, and when salt loses its its flavor, it's it's good for nothing. Correct? Yeah. We should get that from God. We should be going out there and being this light in in the community and, and, and that we see today. So, uh, big one uh, word to be picked out there is the salvation. Her salvation as a bright light, uh, almost as a welcoming light of a lighthouse. I'm sure you guys, uh, if you were on a ship back in, in the day and we didn't have the navigation systems that we had. You would be in a mess really quickly if you couldn't find that shoreline. You know, you could wreck your ship. You know, pretty oh, yeah. you'd drown, right? So Israel is going to be set up in this time as a bright light. And that's, that's leading us again, guys, to this particular word. This heps of a word is so important that what God is going to call his uh, bright. So let's get to verse 2, Cody. I want you to read through verse 2 if you don't mind. The nations shall see your righteousness and all the kings your glory. And you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. So it tells us right here that everybody's going to see what God's given them. They're going to see God's glory, but that God's glory is going to be put on the Israelites and it's going to shine forth to the people. And it actually talks about Gentiles in here. Pastor Brent does a really good job with this. Our pastor is Pastor Brent Wilkie here. Uh, he likes to, again, going back to that um, Abrahamic covenant, all these things. And even when we look back at even in Exodus when uh, Noah was... Uh, leading the people out. And Pastor Brandt specific about this. Listen, this wasn't just Israelites. It was coming out of Egypt in those days. It was actually uh, Israelites plus some Egyptians. And we know that uh, the Egyptians were not uh, Israelites, so they would be considered Gentiles. So salvation has always not just been for the nation of Israel. It's also uh, for us as Gentiles. And, and in the Bible, we've got to you know, nail this thing home. We're always saved one way and one way, one way only. That is, uh, we're saved by grace through faith. faith. Good job. Good. Grace through faith. If you're not saved by grace through faith, uh, it doesn't work. Uh, and, and so this is not just for 
uh, the Israelites. This is talking about God's chosen people, his elect, the one that's going to put their trust in him, believe in him by faith, uh, by grace through faith, uh, and become uh, saved. So this is a picture of God doing something for them, pretty pretty powerful. So all Gentiles will see the righteousness uh, and all the kings. And the big one is this. Uh, he said, I'm going to give you a new what? Name. A new name. That's pretty important. Uh, when you guys, uh, when you married Mandy, what'd she take? Take my last name. Same thing with Amy, right? We right. want them to take, you know, she's a die now, and she's a Colson now, and you're identified uh, as a as a Colson or as a die for Mandy. She's uh, identified as a Mayhew. She, you might know her as Mandy Winrank, or I don't know. Uh, I want to clarify that we're both married to women named Mandy. One's but, with an I, right. one's with an I. Right, yeah. And then one's Amanda and one's a Mandy. Yeah. Right. Uh, my wife's yeah. not a, a, a Amanda. But um, you might know them in their previous name, but... They're not identified with anything with their old name. Everything's identified in yeah, their in the new name. name. So how important is it for God to say, I'm going to come save you, and I'm going to give you a new name. Now you're no longer going to be yours, but you're going to be mine. It's a possessive type thing. So if we look at, uh, I have to go to uh, Revelation chapter 2. I can't remember what scripture said. Verse 17. I'm going to read Revelation 2, verse 17. Just give me a minute to... To get there, guys, just bear with us. We're, we're new on this podcast, so uh, I'm, I'm going to start uh, putting my Bible where I can go right to these particular scriptures. Verse, verse 5 touches on, on the marriage and how taking the name. It, uh, yep. When we get to it. Yep, it, it does. Revelation 2.17 says this. It says, um, He who has an ear, let him hear. What the Spirit says to the churches, to him who overcomes, to him I will give some of the hidden manna. We know that manna was some of the, the, the food that God gave the Israelites from heaven. And I will give him a white stone and a new name written on the stone, which no one knows but he who receives that. And that's a fulfillment of some of what was talked about right here for us as Christians, that when we would go into heaven uh, and God starts uh, uh, sorting everything out, that we're going to receive a new uh, name because we are uh, actually here. So I thought that was pretty pretty interesting. This is uh, talking about um, spiritual Israel. Uh, a lot of times we look at physical Israel. Y'all know what physical Israel, Israel yeah. is, but we have to look at it not only as physical Israel, but we got to look at a spiritual Israel because Roman tells us with, with that tree uh, that was broken that he had to graft. You remember, guys, in, in Romans we had to be grafted as the Gentiles into the vine. Uh, and, and I've heard it said by uh, some Jewish uh, people over there that if you had a, a true olive tree that was actually broken, yeah. something was wrong with it, they would have to go out and get some of the wild trees mm-hmm. to graft it in to, to make this tree not be sick anymore. So God's going to give us a new name. We are part of uh, spiritual Israel. It's very important for us. We, we learn that in, uh, I believe it's in Galatians when Paul actually talks about uh, uh, the Abrahamic promise uh, and how it's uh, to us also, not just to uh, the Israelites. So uh, let's go to verse 3 and 4. Uh, Hoy, if you'll read through verses 3 Let and 4. Pull it back up real quick. Go ahead. Uh, you will also be a crown of beauty in the land of, or excuse me, you will also be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord and a royal headband in the hand of your God. It will no longer be said to you forsaken. That's through 4. Uh, that actually went into four. Okay. So three. Or, or three I mean, and four. Go three all the way through four. Oh, yep. goodness. I'm sorry. I'm You're sorry. fine. Let me backtrack back to four. 
For as it will no longer be said to you, forsaken, nor to your land will it, will it any longer be said, desolate. Okay. But you will be called, my delight is in her and in your land. So this is where we have a... Um, Different versions don't have the word hepzibah in there, but mm-hmm. they use the definition yep. instead. Uh, and at the very end of that, does it say... This is the NASB. Yep, I was going to ask that next. Which translation so, are you in? You, uh, it says, my delight in his her, and your land. What does it say after, and your land? Let me switch over to New King James. Or you want me to stay in NASB? I want you to stay in NASB oh, just for a second. I've got New King James here. Gotcha, gotcha. It says, so, and your land married. Yes, so it yeah. uses it, oh, you're exactly right, and uh, I think me and Cody had actually talked a little bit of this about this uh, before the class started was, uh, or the podcast started was. Uh, in some of your translations, you're going to see the word Hepzibah, and some of your translations, you're going to see the word Beulah. And the word Hepzibah, uh, Hoy read it right there. It means my delight is in her. So they insert that word in the New King James. I believe it's in the NIV also. Uh, King James uh, does it also. Nothing wrong with that, but in the ESV. Uh, the NASB, the interlinear, some of the, the more word-for-word translations, uh, they actually tell you uh, the, the definition of, of the word, I believe it is. So it means my delight is in her. And when you get to the word Beulah, this is really interesting too. That word uh, uh, is misinterpreted a lot of times in, in our thinking because of some of the songs. Me and Cody actually talked about this uh, right before we started. Uh, a lot of times you, you guys listening have probably heard the song Beulah Land. I know uh, one of yeah. our good friends actually sings that uh, um, Daryl McLemore actually sings a, a good version of, of the Beulah Land, and it's usually sung at funerals, uh, and it's usually referencing uh, when somebody actually crosses over and goes into uh, heaven. But in, in Scripture, it really means, and it does a good job when he read that right there, it says uh, that it is married. So for us, or for them at that time, and for us as Christians, they were lost, right? The Israelites were lost. God needed to come and save them. Uh, to get them out to to be married to those guys, and this is a picture of being married to uh, the Israelites. And for us as Christians, uh, we were you know lost in our trespasses and sin, like the Bible says. We had to have a Savior. Jesus comes, He pulls us out, He saves us, and then we're married to Him. So that word Beulah uh, Beulah Land is talking about not our heavenly experience, but our our experience after we're saved, after we're Christians. Just like it would be talking about in the Scriptures, what it's talking about to those guys. So. Uh, let me get to my notes so I don't just keep rambling on about that. But Israel's this time had turned as they did to many false gods. I said at the beginning, worshiping Baal and Ashtaroth along with God. Uh, I want y'all to think about something for a minute. We, we, we've done Exodus in Sunday school class a lot of times. Y'all remember what the first two commandments are? Thou shalt not have no God before me. God before me, and we shouldn't worship what? Idols. Idols or graven images. Boy, had they not just flubbed that one up royally. Right? Mm-hmm. They talk about, you know, we'd be in the royal diadem and everything else. Those guys had flubbed that, those two commandments up uh, royally. And that's, that's the first two he throws out the block. And they failed at that. And God still does what for them? Still watches over them. Still provides them, still watches over them, still comes, still marries them. Uh, you heard the, the story of, of Hosea and uh, Gomer. And that's a picture of uh, uh, the king marrying actually. Uh, a prostitute, you know, uh, and that's a picture of what Christ did for us because unfortunately none of us uh, are worthy. Romans 3 tells us that all have what? Sin and fallen short of God's glory. Y'all right on the money with that. So they, these guys were in the same boat. Uh, I always like to say that boat uh, is going down. The boat's Titanic. They don't think it's going to sink, but it will sink. It's got a hole in it. 
All of us are in that same boat. Uh, but in the midst of that, God looks at Israel. God looks at us, and he sees us for his people, right? Uh, and he actually comes, saves us, and he gives us his righteousness. All this stuff is really, really important because he's given them his righteousness. He gives us his righteousness. We need to be lighthouses, like it said, uh, or lights in the world, almost like lighthouses. They needed to be that because people need to see that. People need to see that, number one, we fail, but we also need to see that God uh, is going to keep his promise, and we need to trust him that he's going to come and do what he said he will do. And if he said it, like we said a minute ago, he is not a liar. I think the Bible says, I'm, a, I'm not a man that I should lie, and God's going to come through uh, with this stuff for us. So they've broken the first two commandments, and the Bible also says that he's a jealous God, right? Yeah. Uh, we all have, have our wives and stuff like that. We don't want somebody else <clears throat> talking to our wives. We don't want our wives talking to somebody else. I'm talking about in terms that they shouldn't be doing, correct? Exactly. Uh, God's the same way. Uh, now, his jealousy is not like our jealousy. We've got to think about that sometimes, too. His, our jealousy sometimes might not be perfect. His jealousy is going to be yeah. always on spot. Uh, his justice is always going to be perfect. It's not going to be, I'm going to get you back for something. No, this was black or white. This is the punishment you because you do that. So he is a jealous God. But uh, I think that's, go ahead. that's go a, ahead. a misconception that a lot of us have, including myself, is that when you think of the word jealousy, yeah. a lot of our jealousy comes out of hate. It does. You know, out of... Uh, or covetousness. Yeah, covetousness. And so, Good word. Yep. So we want retribution out of our jealousy, and it's not the same thing as what God would want. No, and you think about it, we, we, you know, so the little side tangent is, is when you get in the Old Testament, it talks about he is holy, 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 you know, and, and that, that puts him on a different plane than, than everybody. You know, he's completely separate, you know. Holy means to be separate. So if you say holy, 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 you're separate to the nth degree. And that's God being up here, and he should be jealous if you're worshiping something that's not him, right? Because... Right. He created everything. He could, he could annihilate anything he wanted to. You know, we talk about you know, some of these movies and stuff that we watch uh, with the Avengers and stuff like that. And you got Thanos. Y'all remember Thanos in the movies? And he snapped his finger and everything goes away. Yeah. God immensely more powerful than that. Do anything he wants, right? But God's real and Thanos isn't. Exactly. Uh, he doesn't need to get five stones and find all. No, you don't have to have all those things, man. He could just do it, but he chooses not to do it because number one, he has to throw his love in the midst of his wrath, his justice, all these things that God encompasses. With you know, we talk about his attributes all the time. We throw his love in there, and his love is not like our love. His love's perfect. Right. And we don't under, we don't under, we don't understand that. The closest thing that we can, you know. Um, look at is, is our relationships with our, maybe our wives or our children and stuff like that. But his is even more stronger than that. And that's what we're seeing in this this Hepzibah thing, where he's going to protect Hepzibah, the name, you know, with with, with uh, his bride. Um, I think what, with, with everything he's got. I think what we see is that in the, in the example of jealousy, an example of love, an example of God is the perfect example of all of those. So the way he does it is is the proper example that we should all follow and sometimes our worldly small brain thinking puts in like you said hate or you know covet some, something else and it makes it to where we misconstrue our understanding of what that actually mm-hmm. is yeah. through our own pettiness and, and, and fallibility we of don't have sinners. perfect understanding right it's almost like uh when he created a garden of eden and it got distorted you know we got love and jealousy and all these other things because we're in a fallen world, our our part of that a lot of times is a distorted 
of what God actually is. And he, you're right, Cody, he's got the exact perfect representation of what ours should be and what ours should strive for. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, dealing with people, dealing with their wives, dealing with everything that we actually uh, see. So I'm going to continue on with some of my notes here. Uh, but he also had promised to redeem Israel and to keep her. Uh, now in this passage, we, we see his promise keeping and true love for his own bride. Number one I wrote down is, you shall no longer be forsaken. Does anybody want to be forsaken? No. Not a good thing. Especially, could, could you imagine if you had been called the chosen people and God had told you he was going to do all these things for you and then he forsakes you, that's a bad day. Number one, because you can't trust God anymore because he already told you I'm going to do these things. And then you're you're out there. No wonder your land's desolate, you know, because uh, he's pulled back from you. So no longer will you be forsaken your land no longer desolate what do y'all think about when y'all think hear, hear the word desolate just barren yeah dust, dust bunnies going by. yeah dust bunny I, yeah. I almost think Wind of, i almost think about you know what, what was left when he left egypt you know when he just eradicated everything they were just you know it was like a third world country probably at that time you know so you, mm-hmm. barren tumbleweeds everywhere nothing nothing left so no longer will your your stuff be desolate you shall be called Hephzibah, there's our big word, and 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 uh, Beulah, which is, uh, again, in our New King James. Uh, in the ESV, it says, like we said a minute ago, for the Lord delights in you. And I wrote a little side note for myself. Wow. The Lord delights in you. Who's the you? Us. It's us. Yeah. Like, at that time, yes, he was talking to the Israelites. But in today's time, we're in Christ, and, and we're the bride of Christ. Guess who is the lights in? It's in us. We don't think about that. So... You know, you talk about going to the cross, Jesus having to go to the cross, and all these things he had to do. You know, why would he want to do that? Well, the scripture tells us, I believe it's in Hebrews, it actually says, uh, for the joy set before me, he endured what he had to endure. What do you think the joy was? It was us. It was for that broken relationship to be restored so we could have what he's talking about right here. He's talking about Zion's glory and a new name. He saves us. He gives us a new name. We have that great relationship with him, and now we're in a wonderful marriage. When you first get married, guys, we don't always know our wife perfectly, do we? Over a long time, we find out, you know, <laughs> it can be a little bit rough. So our relationships, you know, with God, uh, I'm sure your your walk hasn't been perfect, right? No. I know my walk ain't been perfect. No. Cody? Yeah, we, we, anyone, anyone who claims it has is lying. Is a lying. So do we not screw up royally sometimes, right? Yes. But on the opposite side of that, who don't? God. God. So do we so we're and this is all all of our stuff that we're gonna teach a little bit later with the substitutionary atonement and all our stuff. Jesus don't fail. The first Adam we had, he completely messed us all, right? We talked about that. You know, if he hadn't done what he done, Jesus or God doesn't have to do this. Jesus for us don't have to do what he does for us. But Adam messed it up as being the head uh, uh, of mankind, and he, he we lose that head covering, right? Right. And then for us as Christians, thank goodness we have Jesus. That's the second Adam that doesn't do that. So when when our righteousness is now God's righteousness and it shines forth, then it's a perfect righteousness. Does that kind of make oh, yeah. a little bit of sense? But thank goodness it does because if it didn't, then we're not standing in front of in front of God. We're, we're, we're we can't do it. You know. Yeah. So we have to have that that great robe that He gives us. For everyone listening's, I guess, understanding who may not quite have picked up on who is us in that scenario. The us. Yeah. Which one? And 
his he delights in us. Yes. Who is the us? It's it's Christians. Right. It is hundred percent Christians. Everyone who is accepted and believes in God. Yes. So that's that's an important part because you know, not to get on a little another side tension, you know, we're trying to get through the scripture, but there's a misconception is that everybody likes to go out there, and this might be one of the ones we tackle one day. It says everybody's a child of God. That is not true. Yeah. Everybody is made in the image of God, but to be a child of God, you have to be adopted. You know, you have to be saved. You have to be put into the family. So there's misconception out there, you know, and again, biblical questions answered biblically. Uh, the Bible says you are of your father, the devil. Which is a liar from the beginning. So if you're the father of the devil, it's not you're not a child of God. Well, also if everybody was a child of God, and there would no be no need for a savior. So therefore, it, it would all be mute. Yeah, right. you won't you wouldn't need the sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna be hitting I some think big. That's big the stuff. source of a lot of confusion mm-hmm. and a lot of just believing things that are not what the Bible says. Yeah. Thinking thinking they are believing what's in the Bible. Yeah, and I said Jesus. I said Jesus is a big one, and two. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes not you know in, in any specifics, but you you know you have pastors that go up there and people will never pick up the Bible, read it for themselves. They only take what the pastor says for it. Even what we tell you here, you need to be following along with us. You need to be doing your own study uh, and to make sure that we're rightly dividing the Bible, rightly dividing the Word of Truth. Because if not, then we're we're in error, and we can make errors. Uh, I can tell you over my whole. Uh, time that I've ever taught, I've probably made a bunch of errors. I've got stacks of books that I've wrote, you know, this 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 notes, and I'm sure there's errors in them, you know. Yes. Uh, but the thing is, is when somebody brings it to you and you're you're, you're in error, do, do you correct it? Uh, and that's that's the thing we all need to be going for. There's a lot of misconceptions. So, um, if I can compare these verses compare. again, real quick, as there's two words that stand out throughout each one of the versions, uh, and that's forsaken, and then married. Yes. Um, the only version that doesn't say the word forsaken, uh, it changes it to abandoned, and that's in the CEB, uh, which they tend tend to do a lot more replacement, which is why I compare it to that one because it's not as it's um, not as directly connected to the original text, uh, but just to see how things can get changed and misinterpretations can happen. Uh, but the word married carries through in every single version that I'm comparing which is I think that's 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 a significant thing it's very significant yeah. what I tell you guys that that actual word was the the equivalent of it was Beulah mm-hmm. and that's why I yeah. wanted to push that Mary thing has not so the Beulah is not really the 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 heavenly part it is when we are married uh, to Christ after salvation now does that lead into heaven absolutely so can't just you know throw the baby out with bathwater on that but it is a picture of after Salvation. It's almost a picture of after when they got taken out of uh, Egypt uh, and got them to the land of Canaan. Yeah, if you guys. Actually it's that, that connection that you have the the physicality of, of being connected to God, mm-hmm. it, being married to married to, to Christ. That's right. As a Christian, uh, who who read the last scripture? Do we know? Uh, who it, you it did? Was you me. Do, you do I fumbled it pretty good there. Yeah. For as a young man marries a young woman, so shall your sons marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. So I don't have to switch there real quick, Hoy, uh, since you yeah. got this up. Will you go to Zephaniah? Uh, uh, I don't want to fumble all over the place. Zephaniah 317 right quick. All right. 317. Yep. The Lord your God is in your midst, a victorious warrior. He will, he will rejoice over you with joy. 
He will be quiet in his love. He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. Just that's the end of 17. Absolutely, yeah. So it tells us, you know, that God is going to rejoice over us in Zephaniah. Zephaniah is a good one. Another good uh, book to read. It's very hard to read. Is the Song of Solomon. If you guys are not familiar with the Song of Solomon, uh, it's almost poetic the way it's written. Uh, and it's actually a love letter uh, based from God uh, to us. Uh, if you read through it, uh, uh, spiritually it is. It's talking about, you know, a husband to his wife, but it's actually talking about God uh, to his wife. So uh, he does uh, rejoice over us uh, as a bridegroom over the bride. Uh, and this is something that God actually wants to do and he loves to do. Uh, a faithful husband should do that over their over their wives. You know, we're, we're all husbands uh, in, in this room right here. And I'm sure we could do a lot better job uh, of being the husbands and, and rejoicing over our wife, protecting our wife, doing what we're supposed to be doing for our wife. But we have a perfect husband uh, in God and in Christ uh, that always does that for us. Right. So, good? Good. Let's go to six, Hoy. Let me get back to this that. Is, this is a good one. Chapter there. Yep, you're good. This is a real good one. I had to do a little bit of research to find out who these people were. I thought this was really cool. All right. 62, verse 6. All right. On your walls, Jerusalem, I have appointed watchmen. All day and all night, they will never keep silent. You, you who profess the Lord, take no rest for yourselves. So I was trying to figure out who these watchmen were, right? So I started researching that, and it's talking about the prophets. I thought that was pretty cool. We know the prophets never keep quiet, right? They're always proclaiming the word of God, and they are put there to keep watch over Israel. How many times did the did the, the prophets go and talk to the king and say, you should be doing this, you should be doing that? Right. A lot of times kings didn't listen. Uh, we talked about King Hezekiah a minute ago. Uh, well... Uh, unfortunately for Isaiah and, and, and even Zechariah, not just Isaiah, but you know Zechariah's in the Old Testament. Uh, king Hezekiah's son was uh, wound up being King Manasseh or Manasseh, however you want to pronounce it, and uh, he actually kills Isaiah and Zechariah with a saw, and he cuts them in half. Pretty, you know. So you, you look at stuff, and a lot of times people. And you, you can get into something else with all that. You can get into something where it says uh, God loves you, and He's got a wonderful plan for your life right that's what everybody likes to tell people when they go out and they talk to them on you know the streets and they come man god loves you he's got a wonderful plan for life he does love you and he has a plan for your life yeah look at isaiah and tell him you're gonna get sawed in half right for <laughs> preaching the word of god god loves you and he's got a wonderful plan for your life he'd probably be like that's real wonderful right yeah but that's all not where it stops or all the disciples no it is not we're crucified yeah all disciples you know uh, all but john uh, 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 was exiled on the island of patmos they were all killed horrific death. Mm-hmm. You know, but Hoyer, you're exactly right. That's not where it stops. Even after death, it is wonderful. That's for where us. it goes. It goes into the rest of that marriage think, and that beulah. If I can sub in, I mean, I Go think ahead. that's where a lot of people get uh, destroyed is they, they, they buy into the uh, prosperity gospel. Yes. And they get promised that they'll. Uh, receive when they believe and then when when the problem doesn't go away and they don't they don't get what they want or they don't get healed or someone dies or they lose that job um, then it's like well this must not be real mm-hmm. and so then they fall then away, they fall away. Yep. and then to, to get real faith that can't without overcoming this big hurdle where they've been injured so bad. And yeah. That's why things like the prosperity gospel is so bad. It, it, it's, it's very damaging. Yeah. And you can even look back and use that with these guys. <clears throat> How many times after God married them did they fall into turmoil? 
a lot of times, but a lot of times they fell into turmoil because of their own actions, right? God's still God on his side. God's still performing for them, but with some of the bad choices they made in their life. And, uh, uh, you know, Ray Comfort is, is an awesome evangelist, and uh, he actually done a, a a real cool thing about that, about, you know, two people seated on a plane, and he give, you know, a scenario of, um, hey, uh give you this parachute on this plane. It was actually a parachute on the plane, so I'm going to give you this parachute because this parachute's going to improve your flight. Well, the flight attendant comes down. She's got coffee. She trips, right? She spills coffee on him. He gets up, <laughs> slams the parachute down. You stupid parachute, <laughs> right? Parachute didn't burn him, right? It was the, the lady, right? Uh, a lot of times we tell people that, you know, that it's, uh, you accept Jesus, he's going to fix your marriage, he's going to fix your life, he's going to fix all these things. They don't get that right off the bat, just like you said, Hoy, uh, and then they've been lied to, you know? Uh, then they're going to take off that parachute and not want anything to do with it because they told them the parachute was going to do something and it wasn't ever designed to in the first place. The parachute's design was is for what? To let you, if the plane goes down, mm-hmm. that you don't die, right? So, so stop at the end, not happen. Right. So be a is everybody's plane going down? Yeah, it is. Much, yeah. So yes. if we don't have that parachute of Jesus on us, right? The, 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 the walk that we're having right now really doesn't matter as much as that jump to come. That makes sense. So it wasn't the parachute, it was the message. Yes, the message is wrong. The message that we, a lot of times we give to people because, again, we go back to... Not we, but that is, is communicated. A- absolutely. The, 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 maybe the church or the people because they're comfortable with it. Uh, they don't want to offend nobody. They or don't something wanna... they were taught wrong to begin with. Second thing I was going to hit with mm-hmm. is that sometimes the church, we're not told the right way to do things. Uh, and then they, they get somebody... And they've got them on the hook, and they think that they're actually saved, and they might not actually be. Ignorance is forgivable, but to teach the wrong message because of maybe losing some parishioners' money or you know offending somebody—that is probably one of the worst situations to teach yeah. a wrong message. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we see that a lot. You know, pastors want to try to keep everybody in the church that they can because. In our today, we're, we see a lot of falling away. You know, churches' attendance is dwindling. They don't want to make anybody mad. They want everybody to feel good when they leave church. And I think it, a lot of that's going on. And it's it's hurting the whole Christian faith as, as a whole. And the second thing that happens when you do that is church pop up on every corner. Because mm-hmm. such such made me mad. Yeah. I'm going to go do this and this and that. And, and, and yeah. here you are, you know. So um, we've got to give the right message. Uh, and we got to people's got to know the truth of, of salvation and who God is in the, in the relationship and who they are uh, in that relationship. So going back to the prophets just for a minute, uh, you got these prophets. Uh, they were watchmen over the walls. Uh, they were preaching the word of God. They were coming against some of the shepherds that were false, uh, and it got them killed. Uh, but God still set them up there to keep his people actually uh, safe. Let's go to verse 8. <clears throat> Cody's turn. Yep. The Lord has sworn by his right hand and by his mighty arm. I will not again give you grain to be food for your enemies, and foreigners shall not drink your wine for which you have labored. So the reality of the promise that he's given them is he swore by himself. Let me, let me, <laughs> right? let me keep going. It's still in the, in the middle of a quick quotation. But those who garner it shall eat it and praise the Lord, and those who gather it shall drink it in the courts of my sanctuary. So that reality of that promise is, is he swore by himself. Mm-hmm. In the Old Testament, if you you made a covenant with anybody, you know, and you swore to it, if you broke it, you died. We know God's not going to die, number one. 
and we know that he's not going to break his promise, number two. So if he swore by himself, his mighty right arm, it's pretty powerful. Mm -hmm. It makes you wonder the the need for him to swear. Why would he swear? I, mean, I guess it says is for our purpose, right? So we see that. I think that's that's yeah. my opinion. That so is that is my opinion for our purpose, yeah. so we can trust him to emphasize yeah. it because his, his infallibility. Yeah, yeah. right. Because we're we talk about this, and, and we talk about our Sunday school. And we talked about it even in the kids' classes: contract versus covenant, mm-hmm. contract versus covenant. We cut contracts because we don't trust people, right? Mm-hmm. Covenants are cut because you do trust the person. That's why we would make a covenant when God says, I'm going to swear about myself. Well, I'm good. He's never going to break it, right? The breaking part always comes on our side. Thank goodness uh, that he swore by himself because if we would have swore to each other, then we would have all failed, right? right? Sometimes marriage is referred to as a marriage contract. when It's not. Really, it's more of a marriage covenant. I don't know if I've ever told, uh, done the marriage covenant with you guys. Uh, marriage covenant, uh, we've talked about blood covenant. The, the marriage covenant is actually a uh, blood covenant. Uh, and that's why it says, till death do you part. It's because uh, covenants in those days were for life. Uh, and, and there's some really bad things for breaking those uh, covenants. Uh, and I think it, covenants these these days are for life, mm-hmm. and we just don't respect that. We do. You're, you're exactly right about that. We mm-hmm. go back to Genesis 15, go back to that Abrahamic covenant. We look when God split the carcasses, set them side by side, did the way of blood, walked in between those carcasses. Thank goodness he done that with himself, just like he said right there. He didn't do it with Abraham because Abraham was a, wasn't a a participant. He was watching God passing through, saying, I'm going to do all these things for you because Abraham would have failed. The Israelites would have failed. And then God would have performed what he said he was going to perform. That's why it's so important that God did that in Genesis 15, the Abrahamic covenant. And that's why he is still telling them to this day, hey, I'm going to swear by myself because it's going to happen. God's not going to fail us. So we can take that. We can apply it to us as Christians that we can trust him that once we have trusted him by grace through faith that we're saved, that he's always going to uphold his end. It might not be the best thing going uh, in our life sometimes, but we know, like we said, the end result is going to be where we want to be uh, in heaven. So uh, he's going to protect her. That her is us. Uh, and God's going to always protect us just like he protected uh, those Israelites in the Old Testament. So uh, whoever's left, finish 10 through 12. We're going to finish up the scriptures. Uh, go through, go through the gates, clear away for the people. Build up, build up the highway, remove the stones, lift up a flag over the peoples. Behold, the Lord is proclaimed proclaim to the end of the earth. Say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your salvation is coming. Behold, his reward is with him and his compensation before him. And they will call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and you will be called sought out, a city not abandoned. So I, I see in that, the biggest thing I see in that is salvation is coming, right? He's coming to save them. He's coming to save the ones that would believe in him and, and, and for the New Testament. Uh, for the holy people is what it actually says right there. And it, I, I'm, I'm not just saying for the holy people, but I, I'm putting reference on that. Almost all the holy people, anybody that was his chosen or his elect, anybody that's going to believe in him, he is going to save them. He says the redeemed of the Lord. And I wanted to emphasize this. That's just not <coughs> ethnic Israel. You know, a lot of times we look at Israel and that's just ethnic Israel. It's not just ethnic Israel. It is Gentiles. Anybody that puts their trust and faith in the Lord is going to be the one that's going to be saved. Uh, that's very important for, for all of us. If God didn't extend that to us, we'd be in a bad predicament, you know? 
Uh, and it also says something too, a city not forsaken. Uh, and you said a minute ago that the other word was abandoned for that. So a city not forsaken, we can trust that we're in uh, the city of God, that we're as Christians, we're in that, that perfect place and he's never going to forsake that particular uh, city. I actually wrote a question, uh, how powerful is that? Number one, how does that make us view God? How does it make y'all view God? He, he's not going to give up on us. Not going to give up. You can trust him. Yeah. You can put all your faith in him. Uh, yeah. Cody's. We talked about Cody's uh, in the process of looking at houses and stuff like that. And we've said this even from time we began. You know, that if something don't happen, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not supposed to happen. You right. know, we can will. use your house as an example. Like what you're looking for now. But we've even said this. Uh, you said you've you've always you know as long as you can remember believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a. Uh, events through my life have shown me that when I was wanting one thing but it didn't work out but then I was given an opportunity that was better or benefited me better or set me up for something better down the road it always ended up working out better if I just am patient and listen and don't force things so like I found a piece of property we really like um we don't have all of our financing and house plans quite buttoned up and in, in place. So it's, it's, a, it's a rocky market right now. But if, if, if that's God's will for us to have that piece of property, I believe that no one will buy it. Yeah. And if, if somebody does, then there will be something better, you know, or equivalent to, you know, down the road. So patience is, is, is a virtue. <coughs> it's, it's, it's key, you know. Yeah. Seems to be something that keeps coming up with me too, and that the, the weight on God, mm-hmm. and that with, with this job that I, that I, I've been going for, um, you know, when I was trying to force it and go through with it, the way it came to be, uh, which we don't have enough time for me to talk about all that, but um, that it was just God likes to show His glory mm-hmm. and be glorified, you know. And so uh, when we're doing our own and making our own things, they're not what God. I mean, they may be what God gives us, but I mean, typically when we're trying to enforce it our own way, it's not, it's not what God's given us. It's not what God is intended for us. And uh, he can shine his glory through his ways if we wait on him. Right. And it's so much better when we do. That's right. another one of the things I want to, you know, eventually get into teaching on is some of these things that we lose in the churches because everybody seems to be doing the same things a lot of time in the churches and they're trying to grow and, and, and do all these things and they're doing it in different ways than what, you know, teaching biblical things we've lost some of these like if you walk up to, to the normal person in the church and you said what is providence you know they might not even know what providence is, especially with uh providence uh divine providence and then what we're talking about in all this is god's made us a promise and that in the choice of bad people's decisions or good people's decisions his will is going to come to pass in our life and we accept that a lot of times we don't know what that means and perfect example one of the favorite things i like to teach is is the joseph story uh, and how he was in the middle of God's will. It took him 20 years before he found out why he was in uh, the mess that he was in because his brother sold him into slavery, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And we can all look. Thank goodness God hadn't made us wait 20 years on some of the stuff that we you know, <laughs> thought would come to pass or what we wanted right. to do in our life. I'm sure Joseph would have done it in a totally different way. But God still had made a promise to those guys. And, and, and coming from you know Abraham, Isaac, down to his father, Jacob, it was going to come to pass. But sometimes getting it to come to pass is, is a hard way. Uh, Joseph had to go through some stuff he probably didn't want to have to go through, but doing that, he didn't starve. Right. right. So, again, it goes back to he, they weren't forsaken. Uh, the children of Israel weren't forsaken. God knew exactly where he had them, and he had Joseph put in a position 
so he would be in power, uh, so they wouldn't be forsaken. So I, I think that's pretty pretty big for us. Yes, yeah. Romans eight twenty eight. It very good one. Uh, um, um, God works all things out to to those who love God and are called according uh, to His purpose. Uh, you even get past twenty eight. Uh, I can't quote it off the top of my head, but uh, it talks about how. Uh, he does all these things for us. He sanctifies us. All these things in our life, he does for us, and nothing's going to separate from the love of God. Are you going there? Yeah, I was going to 28. Yeah, you want me to read that through? It so, read it all the way through. Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. God, and the crazy thing in all that is a lot of times we think we have something to do with our salvation. We don't. Not it says, I've done it all, right? Yeah. I do all these things for you. So, yes, we, we need to accept him. Uh, but we got to trust that he's going to perform his side. The Bible actually tells us, uh, he who began a good work, We'll see it to completion. That's in our life as Christians, and that was for these Israelites' life too. He began a good work in those guys, and he saw it to completion. That's why he's always going to be who he is for for them and for us because uh, he can't lie. So uh, last thing I want to bring up was uh, on, on the scripture-wise before we go into later later lessons, but how powerful is the name Hepzibah now for you guys? So Something you did, myself, you know, more stuff that I'm, didn't know what does that word have more meaning for you that it's God's desire for what we the reason why we go to church what, what the, our, our purpose of worship and he delights in that yeah. and that we're not forsaken in what we do what about you Cody um, knowing the history of the church it really it really makes a an impact of, of what all the church has gone through and and uh we're still here today when it was at such a low point at one point in time. And, and uh, he, he really is watching over and, and blessing this church. Yeah, you look at, you know, talking about application stuff. I got, we talked about it before we even done this, that names have meaning, you know. Yeah. We see all through the Bible, names have meaning. They probably named this church, if it's 180 years old, something like that. I think we're, you yeah. know, we're in that range. They probably named this church. Um Maybe they knew what it meant. Maybe they didn't completely know what it meant. Long enough known to get the road named Hepzibah. <laughs> right. But, you know, you think about that, and you, Cody, you just mentioned, you know, the, uh, some of the turmoil they might have went through here and stuff like that. They yeah. were down to, to, to like five, you know, on Sunday sometimes. And however, we got here, you know, our different avenues uh, of coming here, and I was here as a child, come back. You guys, uh, I told you guys we was coming down here, and you guys come and checked it out, and and like what you saw, and, and we're here, and God's moving. Some things are going on. We still got the the faithful people that's been here. That's that's important too, right? To have yeah. the faithful people that stood the test of time through all the the mess and everything else, and then God blessed them. Uh, right. Not to be a little bit you know emotional, but I remember when we walked in. Uh, God, little Dorothy, she said, uh, "I've been praying for young people to come, you know, but yeah." Um, that has nothing to do with us. And that's the right? proof of power of prayer. Yeah. To be consistent and to wait. I had nothing, you know, it had nothing to do with any of us. Uh, things work out the way they work out, just like with Joseph. And we're here, you know, and we got a, a, a good, you know, youth group that, that, that's going around. And 
uh, Sunday school, and, and we're eating on Wednesday nights, and things are just happening. We got a bus that actually runs. So little right. things mm-hmm. shows that God did not leave this place desolate. Uh, he did not forsake this place, and you don't want to inst- impose anything on the scripture because we want to be, you know, biblical about it. We want to be, you know, uh, dogmatic about anything. But God has has protected this place for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and it's God's church. It ain't our church. Mm-hmm. It ain't the people's church has been here for however many years their family might have started. But this, in every church, is God's church. We got to keep that uh, in mind wherever we're at. That this is God's. Uh, design is God's will, uh, and we just get to be players on the field sometimes, right? Right. Um, so basically, now that we go out on the street, anybody asks us what Epsilon is, we can actually pronounce it right now. We actually tell them. Uh, might well, we actually feel a little bit more comfortable about it. I think I uh, continue to say Hepsiba. I can't unlearn that now. So Hepsiba. Everybody says it Hepsiba here. So that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think my aunt Teresa said, I've been saying Hepzibah for, for years like Kevin actually said. That's like Mariah Church is Marar, depending on where you're from. <laughs> uh, we can answer it a little bit better. Uh, and we know what uh, how important that word is. A, that's a pretty big name, you know, uh, that God's given us. So uh, he's preserved us uh, here, and he's preserved the, the church here. That's right. um, so that's, that's, that's really good. I also want to bring up some upcoming podcasts, some teaching. We want to do – so basically this podcast – and my vision, I think these guys' vision is, is we want to have some teaching series for sure. Uh, I don't know how that'll work about. We'll, we'll, we'll figure that out, you know, God's timing. I definitely think we Q&A is going to be a big one. Mm-hmm. I, I, for some reason, on my heart, I feel like people sending in questions and answers, even if it's through private messages on, on Facebook or text messages and say, hey, I got this question. You know, whether it's, oh, uh, let's talk about tithing today or or let's talk about alcohol. Or let's talk about, you know, mm-hmm. uh, whatever else Any you guys, question. Any that question. You, you know, some question. of these things that you might not get the straight answer, you know. Or that you don't want your Sunday school teacher or your pastor knowing you're, you're asking the question. We could do it anonymously. It yeah, we could say, we got this question, uh, and, and this is the question we're going to answer. So we won't do that. Uh, I think that's going to be a big I would thing. imagine most of the questions would be anonymous, really. I mean... Yeah. yeah, we don't really want don't want to. I think I think, yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right about that. Um, I I ask a lot of anonymous questions. I know one one of our uh, uh, listeners, he's probably <laughs> going to want his name put up put on there. Yeah, buddy. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we'll, he's we'll going we'll to send us some haymakers. I'm sure we'll put we'll put the picture up. Uh, we will, and welcomely so. Uh, and then uh, also at maybe another time, I have some guest speakers on. Yeah. Uh, I know we got a pastor here. Uh, I said it earlier, Brent Wilkie. Uh, he's one of the smartest uh, guys I've talked to, I believe. Uh, you you can know when he's in the, uh, he's in a pulpit that uh, he is sound. Uh, he knows what he's talking about, and he can carry a theological conversation with you very well. Uh, I'd like to get him in here on and talk about Bible translations. I think that's what his background is. No, he can carry a conversation over your head too. He can definitely do that, and if he does that, and we'll let him keep <laughs> well, those, talking. Those are the best conversations <laughs> because it causes you to go back and read and. and Figure out what you don't know, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Challenge and it, your mind. And to yes. have somebody that, that might be uh, way farther along than you are on it, and then you can get some answers that you might have been like, you know, so, you know, Bible translations is, is one of them crazy ones because everybody's like, oh, you know, you can't read that one. You know, they left this out and they left that out. When you find out that they didn't leave it out a lot of times, a lot of times it wasn't in the thing they were yes. translating off of. Right. So yeah. if it ain't in there, you can't translate it. So, mm-hmm. you know, that throws into some stuff. And then some of the Bibles we have to be very careful with. 
uh, and we'll name those when we get to them, uh, that they have done some of these things, but some of the Bibles have not. It's just based off of what you you translated off, whether it's the Greek Septuagint or Latin Vulgate and all these other different uh, things that one might predate another one. It might not have it. So Sometimes these, these conversations bring answers to questions you never knew to ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know we've had just conversations of us standing around, and we've you know figured out that our belief was pretty much the same, and we've been taught uh, incorrectly, but it was almost uh, it's just what's taught everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and it challenges some of these things. We our, our our core beliefs sometimes. And then you have to reprogram, mm-hmm. you know, to to get these things. So that's another Q and A, and then the guest speaker. Like I said, the the guest speakers want to have him him on. There's some other people we can have on this. Really, really good that uh, can give us some good insight and then so, and have some people on possibly that might have a different belief. So if someone's listening to this right now yeah. and wants to, has a question, but how, how do they need to send that to you? We're going to figure it out. Might give out an email. Yeah. Uh, get it through. Might can just send it in to the, to the, to the Mayhews. Uh, I got an email I'll, I'll put out there. Uh, maybe even so you maybe guys got look an email. in the comments of this video, this, pod, this podcast and... Um, We'll add that to there. And yeah. So, so if they're wanting to I definitely, go ahead and start participating or yeah, have ideas, I definitely want to have the questions. Uh, we'll definitely want to vet them. I believe. Yeah. You know, of course, yeah. Because yeah, uh, sure, yeah. you don't want to get you know into a situation where you got people out there that's just out there just trying to, um, what's the word? Not like uh, they're just trying to. Uh, what do they call those people? Trolls. Troll. Thank you. Yeah. That was looking for. I was thinking Hulk, but it wasn't Hulk. Uh, Not the singing trolls song. To get out trolls, there, but and, the other uh, ones. You don't want to have that. You want to have some some serious people. We'll be able to vet these, have good questions come up, and, and let's answer them biblically. And if we can't have the answers that we know, we'll find the answers. Yeah. So I guess if you're listening to it right now uh, and you do want to participate, to look in the comments, we'll, uh, there'll be information there on how to contact Zach. Yeah, and, and I don't have a problem with somebody church. Uh, PM us uh, if they have to, and if they're friends with you on Facebook. P- or private uh, message. Private message. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry. Private message and say, hey, you know, I, I got this question. Would you, you know, we would you answer this on a podcast? And I don't think we'd have a problem doing that. And we can yeah. eventually set up a, a, uh, an email, I think we need a, to. a Q&A email yeah. just for the podcast. Yeah, because yeah, we, gotcha. we are in our birthing stages. Uh, thank goodness that we've had uh, uh, KTC Broadcasting come in, set us up with everything we needed here. Uh, and we, we got off to a good start. We're wanting to, to change up maybe the scenery a little bit. Uh, yeah. Getting a little bit more comfortable uh so we don't feel so Maybe a little more modern yeah a little bit you know, we feel <laughs> we feel a little bit out of our element a little bit this is something we've never we've never we never sat around and practiced this we never done anything uh so we're excited about it uh we're trying to flow a little bit smoothly uh and figure out the direction of this thing but again god's well, we with re- us we've rehearsed it many times this is just like <laughs> our our conversation we have every every right. time we're here so <laughs> That's exactly right. Many late nights. Yeah. Once you guys, uh, we get this thing up. You guys be tuning in, and uh, we just thank you for uh, listening. Uh, we definitely want you guys to uh, watch, tell people about us, and uh, we want to get the questions answered. And we just want to be real with you. So we just thank you for that. Uh, I think it'd be good for us to pray before we end just the, do it. End the thing. So yeah, uh, would either one pray? I'll, I'll do it. Thank you. Father God, we thank you for this time of, of discussion and just exploring your word and uh, understanding what the words mean. Uh, we praise you for the ability to reach out in this um, this volume and, and, and be able to reach people. Uh, and we pray for those people that are listening to this, Lord, that they are spoken to and uh, feel comfortable communicating, Lord. We just thank you for this opportunity to, to glorify you and to talk about you and study you and know you more. Lord, please use this to reach as far as it can.
Thank you for all you give us every day. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your gift of faith. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen.